If you're looking to buy a new home or refinance or just get a sense of the market out there right now, which is absolutely booming, you got to get a hold of our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier, the protectors of the realm. And you can do so by going to dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR hat or shirt of your choice, but most importantly, get set up with that free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win that free shirt or hat when you do. But most importantly, get that free consultation to discuss all your options with people who know the market, know what it's like to be a sports fan in this area, and can make this smooth and potentially even fun. That's right, fun. So call Mike or Virginia Chevalier directly today. You can get a hold of Virginia at 303-257-6578 or for Mike at 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006 and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. is high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons, and joining us as has become more regular, and we are very, very excited about that. Uh, you know, of course, as the voice of the Rockies on TV at AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. Well, it's Drew Goodman. Funny how that works, right? Yes. <laughs> Name of the podcast came real easy, right? It was right there. Uh, Do you guys have anything to talk about this week, or is it kind of a mundane, you know, pre-spring training, midwinter week? Yeah. Sipping a little Strava coffee, just... How's, how's your week been, Drew? Um, you know what? It's been uh, interesting, to say the least. Uh, it's been eventful. It's, um, hey, listen, I'm, I'm like, I'm like uh, you know, so many fans out there. You're disappointed. You're upset. Um, I, even though I, you know, I, the three of us have talked about this before. This, this was not a shock. You, you, last year at this time, I didn't think it was going to happen. But this year when I was asked on various radio shows or podcasts, I, I felt like this was going to happen. So it was not a shock. But when it becomes real, you know, it still makes you pause. And um, and it's tough. It's tough when you lose a, a guy that's on a Hall of Fame track, a guy that you hope uh, is a Rocky, just like Todd Helton is for the entirety of his career, and, and a guy, you know, who just signed a, a very lucrative deal just uh, a couple of years ago. So it's disappointing. Uh, it's upsetting. I feel the, the fans' pain. Um, I get it. 
yeah, the the rumors had been going around for a while, and that, that becomes normal. That that becomes the way of the game, where all the big city clubs and the large market teams they look at the Rockies roster and go, "Hey, let's just pick the best players off." And you, you hear it, but it doesn't make it any easier when it actually goes down. No, Patrick, it's it sucks. Let's be honest, and. and We've seen more and more of that, and, and nobody wants to be looked upon, uh, looked upon as a, you know, a triple A AAA affiliate of all the wealthy, wealthy teams in baseball. And it's not like the Rockies, uh, you know, don't dole out big contracts. I mean, they they paid Nolan two hundred sixty million. Charlie's a an, an eight figure uh, contract. You go back, Helton, Tulowitzki, um, you know, way back, and you have, um, you know, you have uh, the left hander Hampson. So. Uh, the uh, Hampton, I should say, I'm thinking of Garrett Hampson right now, but but uh, Mike Hampton. So the Rockies have doled out uh, contracts. It's not the first time they've made a, an unpopular uh, trade. The last couple, ultimately, as upset as people were, worked out okay. We know with Matt Holiday, and I'm sure you fellas have discussed this, is that uh, you know they got back Carlos Gonzalez, who became a great player. Right. And he was one of the central pieces in the 2009 run, which to, for my dollar, fellas, it's still probably the best Rockies team of all time. Houston Street on the back end. So that one really worked out as popular as a guy and as good a player as Matt Holiday um, was. The Tula Whitsky one, you know, Tulo unfortunately could never stay healthy. And, you know, the Rockies didn't get much in return. The Reyes debacle, we under, we, we know what happened there. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, he was just recently traded. He was the, the centerpiece of the prospects coming back. It, it never uh, happened at the big league level. At least it has not to this juncture uh, with Hoffman. Uh, this one, we'll see what happens going forward. But, again, I, I feel the pain of, of the fans without question right now. We do want to get to a little later on just kind of sharing in some of our favorite, all-time favorite Nolan Arenado moments. But since we do have a couple of questions along the same lines, and, and you brought it up there, uh, I figured I'd go ahead and ask you. We've got Eric, who's been joining us, a Cardinals fan. We've had a few of those around the show the last couple of days. I can't quite figure out why. Ask him, what do you think about the return? And then a little further down, we had uh, somebody asking particularly about Gomber. I'll see if I can find that one. But... Have you had a chance to look into these guys a little bit and and get a little industry scuttlebutt? I also get the chance to use the word scuttlebutt. So thank you, Joseph, <laughs> yeah. for the great, question. On great, it's a great uh, Scrabble word if you can uh, accumulate that many letters. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe, maybe you have to just uh, end it at butt and leave out the scuttle. Um, I have read, as, as I'm sure many of you have, various scouting reports on the quartet of, of minor league players that the Rockies got back. Uh, what is it, Torres, the corner uh, infielder, that's primarily a third baseman. He was the Midwest League MVP a couple of years ago. One of the things that makes things difficult, not just for the Rockies making a trade right now and, and getting prospects in return, but any team that you've seen make a deal this offseason, because minor league players did not play last year. So you're going off you know, a, a scouting report that's at least 18 to 20 months uh, old. You don't know a guy's gotten bigger, stronger. How will they adjust to, you know, a competitive year off? Um, he He's the most, at least right now, the intriguing guy because if things pan out, who the hell knows with a young player, you know, he could be a 20-plus home run uh, type of player at the big league level. Uh, big, strong, tremendous bat speed. Uh, the, the kid from Georgia, the arm, and I'm still getting to know the names, and I don't have him sitting. Tony Losey. 
Yeah. I mean, big, you know, big arm, you know, 95 plus guy who's, who's touch touches the upper nineties. Uh, I, I saw last year, was it last year or two years? I think it was two years ago in 17 innings, he struck out like 30 plus hitters, which, you know, that gets your attention right away. So, you know, the stuff's there, the walk rate was high, not unlike a lot of power arms at that stage of their career. So it's intriguing. Could he eventually be a, you know, part of a, uh, the back end of a bullpen potentially, uh, you know, there's another pretty good arm in there uh, as well. Um, the, uh, the the Mateo kid is, you know, the son of, uh, you know, a former big leaguer. The Rockies, I know this, I, I can add this to something you probably have not read. The Rockies in his draft year, um, when, when Gill was coming out, um, was they really liked him a lot and they wanted to draft him in the third round and the Cardinals were right in front of the Rockies and took him. And that was, you know, one of those draft room letdowns because the Rockies again, really liked his, uh, his makeup, his upside, et cetera. So now they have him and we'll see what happens. He's a, he's a shortstop with a good glove, good arm, really good instincts. Again, son of a big leaguer. So, you know, uh, you know, Benji was was a really good player. In fact, I had Huey on the on the podcast uh, that came out today, Jeff Houston, and Jeff played with his dad. And he said not only a great guy, but, you know, fundamentally just, you know, the, he's a baseball player. And so you, you, you assume the son is the exact same way. We'll see how the bat comes around. And um, the, the other arm seems to be more of an organizational arm. He's, he's not a a, a real power guy. So we'll, we'll see down the road. I mean, I, I, again, I share in people's disappointment. The reality is the Rockies couldn't pry away any of the quote unquote top prospects, Libertor or Gorman, the corner uh, infielder that are, that are basically one, two in the Cardinal system. As you said, yeah, great podcast today with uh, Jeff Houston there where he shares his thoughts on Arenado along with, you know, all the negotiations going on between the players association and MLB where that might head. But as you said, Houston played with Benji Gill, the father. Well, Benji Gill was also on that 2002 Angels team, which Bud Black was a pitching coach on. So I think, you know, you still have those connections between Gill and and the Rockies. And, um, you know, I think Montero, uh, El Harris Montero is, is that guy that could really step up because his numbers in 2019, while, you know, weren't terribly exciting, you know, he did have a lot of wrist injuries. Uh, he broke his hemate bone, which was what Josh Fuentes also broke coincidentally in 2019 that sapped a lot of his power out of his bat. So as you were talking before, I, I think the trade with Tulowitzki is probably most similar to this with Arenado, where again, you have, a, you have a superstar still in his prime. Interesting thing is after the Tulowitzki trade, Rockies got back to the playoffs two years later. Will that happen after the Arenado deal? We'll see. Yeah, and again, there's no denying how difficult a period of time this is for for people who follow the Rockies and how the decline has been rapid. I mean, in 2018, the Rockies finished in a dead heat with the team over the last several years, not just because they're world champions, but the team that's been celebrated as the top team in the sport for a number of years, even though they just captured one championship. The Rockies were in a dead heat after 162. Uh, with the Dodgers in in 2018, and it's fallen off, uh, you know, somewhat precipitously since then. And I and I think that one of the things that, that Dick Monfort offered up the other day, which I agree with wholeheartedly, and I think every Rocky fan would would say the same thing, the Rockies miscalculated 
uh, losing DJ LeMahieu. And if they could do it all over again, they would have done more to make sure or to try at least to keep DJ LeMahieu because not only do we know he's a phenomenal talent, even though he's a more of a quiet guy, um, you guys have been around sports a long time. You can be quiet and be a, a tremendous leader because of your toughness, because of your work ethic, because of just how you play the game day in and day out. And DJ unequivocally was that guy. And and, and so I, I look at this downfall of 2019 and the shortened season last year, which started well and ended poorly. Um, you know, I, I think you could point back and say, man, that LeMahieu, that LeMahieu deal and in, in not getting a deal, I should say, uh, really hurt the Rockies as much as some of the failed signings in free agency. You know, that's something we've talked about before on the show, and I've had bits and pieces of information, and, and it's one of those things that, you know, I, I feel like fans have often stated it, and, I, and I've done my best to unpack how this isn't quite accurate, that the Rockies took Daniel Murphy over DJ LeMahieu. Like, it was this one-for-one, one, like, they just decided, oh, we want that guy instead of that guy. I was just wondering if, since you brought it up, you could shed a little light on, on your perspective on on how that went down and what that winter was like and while, while the Rockies were trying to make that decision. I don't think the Rockies ever, you know, didn't understand how valuable DJ was. Maybe, maybe slightly because they didn't, they didn't sign him. So let me not say they, they understand, uh, understood, Hey, can we move on without DJ? I think, you know, as Dick Mofford said, we would have done that one differently. Um, but at the time, uh, I, I think with any team that's not the Yankees, the Dodgers, the, the big, big, big market teams, big, big dollar teams, and even those teams are being more judicious in how they spend money. They want to stay under that luxury cap. The Rockies said, all right, we're draft and develop organization. So when we have another guy that's ready to step in, we may have to make some unpopular decisions. They had hoped that Brennan Rogers, who two years ago, and even in less time than that, more recently, was looked upon as one of the top prospects in baseball, not just the top prospect in the Rockies organization, of which he was listed that on three occasions. And so they felt like, okay, Brendan Rodgers will step in. There may be a learning curve, but we really like the upside of this guy. We'll go out and sign Daniel Murphy, who forever, even though he is a defensive liability, I think the Rockies felt like, okay, he's better at first base, certainly than second. We'll get by with him there. But, you know, this is a bat that's going to produce 40-plus doubles, and he's going to hit 15 to 20 home runs. And even though his year in Chicago wasn't tremendous, if memory serves me accurately, he had a much better second half. And I will tell you, and I'm not trying to tout the company line here by any stretch, I didn't want to see DJ go, but I liked at the time the Murphy signing. I remember him in Washington. I remember him – with the Mets. I mean, I followed the Mets, as you guys know, they were my team growing up. So I still keep a close eye on them. Daniel Murphy at Coors Field, I'm thinking 45 doubles. I'm thinking 20 plus home runs. The dude flat can hit. Yeah. Not a great, not a great defender. Unfortunately, you know, we saw snippets of the old Daniel Murphy, but we saw much longer periods. And granted, he was hurt. He broke the finger. And I don't think he was the same that first year, but, but he was, he was, you know, he wasn't the same guy, unfortunately. And I I thought that was a pretty good signing at the time. 
I'll give you a couple others, fellas. I mean, because you, you know, it's it's really easy to Monday morning quarterback any kind of trade or free agent signing. We all we all kind of do it, right? Especially in the in the industry the three of us are in, right? <laughs> right. But I like the way Davis signing. I'm like, that's a that's a really good move. I mean, yeah. Wade Davis has been elite. Love it. Tough guy. Won a World Series. Universally respected. Maybe he wasn't in the in the middle of his prime, but there was still man by recent, um, you know statistical analysis he was still a really good back-end guy the the one for um shaw i i I, i'm not going to sit here and tell you i didn't uh that i loved it i'm not going to say i didn't like it because brian shaw had been really good as a setup guy on a really good team for a number of years the only caution i had with that one was he had been the most utilized pitcher in baseball over the previous five years so you always worry about arm fatigue that one as we know didn't work out uh, so you know there's a couple in there that you said hey th- those aren't bad and as they turned out they weren't good yeah i also like murphy i, I thought he was going to be a great hit uh in in coors field and and everything that he brings to the clubhouse too i mean keep in mind again you know what, what he did in, in 2015 in the playoffs where it seemed like he was gonna hit, hit a home run every at bat in that postseason and was really a guy that helped bring about this launch evolution or the launch angle revolution that that came about and you go that's a good baseball mind you want leading in your clubhouse i always would state this a couple years ago that when you look up professional hitter in the dictionary there's a few guys that pop up and daniel murphy was one of them you know i'm a a big michael brantley guy you know i was hoping some way some how the Rockies, uh, with, with him being a free agent twice in the last few years, that he would would have become a Rocky because I, I, I he's just a, he's a great clubhouse guy. He can flat hit, doesn't strike out. Uh, Murphy, similar guy, and you know the first year maybe you give him a pass because he broke broke his finger on the second day in in a Rockies uniform. Last year he got off to a pretty good start when the Rockies were eleven and three, and then it was so so bad that Buddy wasn't even playing him really the last uh, month of the season. That one's a disappointment, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you two plus years later that I didn't, that I didn't like it when he signed. I was disappointed as all heck to see DJ leave, but I thought that Murphy would be a, a really productive offensive player with Colorado. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people did. And and so that's been rough. I, I do want to move us into the, the Nolan Arenado remembrance section of the podcast. But before we do that, one last thing in this general area, I'll just give you this opportunity because there's a lot of questions here in the comments of, as we would have expected on this realm. So I'll just basically put it this way as someone who does act as a voice of the team, you know, with the press conference the other day with Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort and, uh, you know, and you see the the fan side of it too. You're out there taking all of it in and, and you you see this right now, just the anger toward the team and people saying the things that they're saying. And, uh, you know, what is your take on on where that's at? And if Dick Monford and Jeff Breidich are the guys to see us through this next era of Rockies baseball, what the, can they do to, to get these people back other than win baseball games? We know eventually you win enough baseball games, people come back. But what is your take on that just sort of element of it right now? I guess what we would call the the toxicity or, or the anger in the Rockies community. Well, as I said, as I've said a, a few times, and I said on my podcast uh, as well, that I understand it. I mean, you absolutely understand it and have and have, you know, sim- similar emotions. The only thing that that turns the narrative 
in sports, whether it's this situation or any other that you can look at at current or past. You know, look at the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. Winning cures everything. I mean, there there was you know similar rhetoric and understandable at the time when Tulowitzki was left uh, was traded to Toronto. We mentioned the holiday trade earlier, and if you win. And if new stars emerge, like a Trevor Story emerge, like a Carlos Gonzalez emerged back in 2009 and in 2010, I think he was the best position player in baseball, then it's easier to move forward. But right now, it's hot. Right now, it's at the forefront of everybody's mind. Right now, you have so many people that are frustrated by, by the pandemic and, and, and are hurting financially, hurting in so many ways. And this just, you know, exacerbates their disappointment, their anger in, in what's going on overall. And, and I, I would be an idiot to say that I didn't get it. Um, I do get it. I feel it. Even, even as a broadcaster uh, for the team, I feel it, man. I'm going to miss Nolan being out there. The Rockies are not better today than they were, you know, four days ago when Nolan was still going to wear purple pinstripes. There's no way to spin that. There's no way to look at it any differently. But as I... You know, often say, I, as you guys know, I, I coach over at Arapahoe High School on the side, and you know, I had three boys that play. And I always say, listen, um, you control the controllables. Um, you know, as a fan, you, you can't control who your the players are, who the manager is, who the GM, the owner in any city, and you you just have to, you know decide, hey, what am I going to do? Am I going to be a fan? And am I going to understand there's there's always going to be a roller coaster ride? How do you think Red Sox fans felt? And they had deeper pockets than virtually anybody in the sport. How do you think they felt uh, last year before the pandemic? This pre-pandemic, this before the owners took a bath financially, they they let a, a younger player, and, and dare I say a better player, as great as Nolan is. I mean, Nolan's one of the you know six, eight, ten best players in baseball, without argument but Mookie Betts is is probably number two in baseball to Mike Trout and and there are probably some would make an argument man it's closer than than many people realize they traded Mookie Betts so it, it doesn't just happen in Colorado it doesn't just happen in the quote-unquote mid-market um, cities Yeah. All right. Well, probably a lot of people out there needing a little bit of medicine. And no, that's not a segue into a Breck Brew read. It's a segue into real medicine read. I'm really excited about this new partner because uh, the Zoom Care video care folks are offering something for people like me, not super stoked about going into the doctor's office. Not only in general, does that kind of give me the heebie-jeebies, but right now, <clears throat> I don't know if you've heard, there's a thing going on that's getting people sick, and a lot of sick people go to the hospital, so nobody likes to do that stuff, and right now, we've got this great thing for you, video care. It's like a trip just on Zoom. You go to your doctor's office straight from your couch. You can see here and chat with your doctor just like a traditional visit. Get uh, secure access, urgent, primary, and specialist care, including mental health. Video care is covered by the most by most private insurers, usually with a copay. Check out zoomcare.com to get started. That's Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. Nothing better than getting a diagnosis from your doc while sitting in your own living room and in your pajamas. Trust me, it's it's fun. So supporting our partners, you know that's supporting us and helping this partner out to increase their videos from Colorado. You check them out today. It's super, super easy. Just go to zoomcare.com for all the details that you need 
and get your medicine, take care of your health, and then immediately head over to DraftKings.com and place a couple of bets and get that heart rate going back up again. You know how to get excited. You got to do both ends, right? You got to take care of it both ways. If I, My understanding is there's a big football game coming up this weekend. They're playing the foosball out there uh, for a superb owl. Is that right? A superb owl is my understanding uh, what's going on this weekend. And they got a great deal set up for you right now. If a touchdown is scored, seems plausible, well, then they will double your money. That's right. You place a bet. That bet happens to win and a touchdown is scored. Again, highly plausible. Then you're going to double your money right now. And DraftKings is always throwing out all kinds of bonuses like that. A lot of great deals for you. Sometimes they just give you free money to bet on whatever you want. So make sure you're not getting left behind in this fun new world. Even if you're betting $1 and $5 amounts at a time like I do, just to spice things up a little bit. Or if you like to really get into it, follow our DNVR bets, guys. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge dash DFS for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, Drew, I um, I want to be the first to uh, kind of, well, to second what DraftKings has come out with. I really, really like the chances of there being a touchdown on Sunday <laughs> between Kansas City and Tampa. Look, Another hot take. You good? Thirteen-time broadcaster of the year for nothing. Folks. That's right. Hey, per- hey, perhaps more than one. Ooh, <laughs> getting got, really steamy. Got the over on one point five touchdowns. This that's, is the that's we're breaking news here. This yeah. is the most baseball-related Super Bowl I think we've had because you've got, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes, son of Pat Mahomes, okay. and owner of the Kansas City Royals. He did purchase some stake in the past year of the Royals and Tom Brady, who was drafted by the Montreal Expos out of high school, an 18th round pick in, I want to say maybe 96, somewhere around there. Maybe it might've been 98. I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you guys, I'm, I'm retelling a story uh, from a buddy of mine. I heard today, I don't know if you were watching uh, to Matt Baskersian and Harold Reynolds this morning. I, I know as baseball folks, it's kind of must watch television uh, in the morning on the MLB network, but mm-hmm. FP Santangelo had a nice uh, career, uh, primarily with Montreal, was telling this story with them today. He was with the Expos, as you guys mentioned, Brady's drafted out of Sarah High School, where Barry Bonds, you may recall, had gone to high school, among other great athletes. And the, the Expos really wanted to sign this catcher, Tom Brady. And and FP, they're out on the West Coast, and, and FP, he wants to get his, you know, work in before the game and and a buddy of his who was a scout said hey really will you you get with this guy and kind of get in his ear we really want to sign him so he was down on the field taking bp uh with them and he was taking forever in the cage and and a lot of the veteran players were like who is this kid you know he's taking too much time between pitches and bp and um so they're starting to give him a hard time and so fp's trying to be a good guy and he's talking to him a little bit more and he said you know he's getting his background he said wait a second, you go to Michigan? His mom, F.P. Santangelo, who's now the analyst and has been, does a great job for a long time with the, uh, with the Washington Nationals. And he said, you went, you're, going, you're going to Michigan? You're a quarterback there? And he said, yeah. He goes, my mom went to Michigan. All of a sudden, he cared less about having him sign with, with Montreal and he cared more about him helping the Wolverines play because he was a big Wolverine fan. And um, 
ultimately, I'm going to say, I'm going out on a limb quite a bit here today, guys, but I'm going to say that Brady made the right decision in going football as opposed to signing with the Expos. <laughs> Good, Another great take. I, I think Tom Brady, if you could go one step further, may be considered one of the best quarterbacks of his generation. There, I said it. I said yeah. it. Well, yeah, let's uh, we continue to, to uh, be uh, icebreakers here and uh, and cutting edge theories, at least in sports, right? Well, just my, blowing us away. I was going to say, do you have a, a pick of the week for oh, us? Oh, for sure. Yeah. My, I, a, I saw a couple of props on there. I've got two. I've got two. I've got the first points and the first touchdown because, you know, I want to, I want to try to win some money here for some people. So uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to have the, the first score of the game on a field goal. That's plus. 425, but I want to win you more than that. The first touchdown of the game, Kansas City's Travis Kelsey, plus 650 in the big game this weekend. Wow. That's, hey, that's, uh, you, you can't go wrong with Travis Kelsey, right? That's, yeah. That's, good. that's, I like the number. It's a good payout. Like the, that's yeah. kind of the favorite, but still, I mean, that's, that's quality uh, return on investment there. All right. So now let us turn into the the segment se- segment second. No, I'll get it right. The second segment, of course, of our podcast, you know, presented by Strava Craft Coffee. And we do want to talk about just all time Nolan Arenado moments. Share yours in the comments, memories, moments, plays, uh, clutch hits, just things he did that one time he threw sesame or <laughs> seeds into his mouth and then we were uh, sunflower seeds into his mouth and then we, we gift that forever uh but i did want to start with you drew about um you, you know when you like images just those just the first couple of handful of images when you think about nolan arenado what are the few that that come to mind that are kind of the top line takeaways uh, you know I, I wanted this to be organic so i you know i knew we were going to talk about this, but I didn't want to write down a bunch of memories and look back because um, the way my brain works, which is probably scary to begin with, but um, I have really, really good short-term retention. You know, when I'm studying for a game and I could say, oh, you know, he went to Sarah High School and he was born on this date and his dad played, you know, basketball at Bowling Green in Kentucky and I all kinds of superfluous statistics. And the next day you go, hey, what was the final score? And I may forget what the heck the final score was in there. <laughs> right. It'll go. But the, the first things that jump to mind are probably very similar for all Rockies fans. The tarp catch where you go, whoa, you know, first of all, it's a great catch. Second of all, to have the chutzpah to run full speed toward an object that is not going to move and could very possibly <laughs> hurt you. Shows the tarp did not get out of the way. Just right. The, the tarp's not going to move. It's not going to roll in a different direction. Uh, you know, it talks about his competitive level. It speaks to his uh, his toughness, all of those things. And then his his great athletic ability to make that catch. But what's sometimes forgotten is he almost got a double play on that at third base, which yeah. would have been like the all-time greatest play defensively that we've seen. So that's number one. I'm sure it's number one for a lot of people. Yeah. The – Father's Day walk-off cycle home run again, a no-brainer right at the top. And then in the aftermath, when he got cut, I think it was with uh, you guys. I think it was with Charlie, right? The edge right. of the helmet. The helmet. He got some, so now he's bleeding. He's the center of attention. It's a sellout crowd. It's Father's Day, no less. Um, that w- was a beautiful happening uh for the rockies and for nolan arenado and the third one that i'm going to give you and i'm going to maybe stand up and try to um on the screen 
show you what most people never see. So I'll take you behind the curtain a little bit. Nolan is so fixated on his craft offensively, not, not that he wasn't defensively, we know that, um, but whether it was in the clubhouse, whether it was in the dugout, whether it was in between rounds of batting practice, wherever he was, he was always um, doing a, a little pantomime drill to remind himself to stay inside the baseball and to stay on his body line. Exactly. Yeah. You're doing it. He would do that. He'd be right here and he'd be standing there. He would be in the middle of the clubhouse, getting out of the shower, you know, <laughs> all day long. That's what he does as, as yeah. a reminder, a muscle memory thing. And, um, that is, I know that's not a, a play on the field, but that is something whenever I think of Nolan, I think of that. Yes. Oh, that's so great. I'm glad you brought that one up because I might not have thought about it or remembered it. But yeah, I've, I think I mentioned that once on the podcast before of like, yeah, you'll stand there and have a, a solid five, 10 minute conversation with him. And the whole time he's talking to you, he's there, he's present, but he's also taking BP like in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> like. Hey, a lot. Listen, a lot of us have ADD, and 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 that was, you know, that was one of his things. And Cargo used to do a great impersonation of Nolan doing just that. So oh, it was pretty funny. Yeah, that that that's a good way that you summed it up with those three things because it's a play, right on the tarp. It's it's that just that moment. It's the whole thing, but it particularly just bleeding, and then. Just a, a detail that you get from knowing a person and seeing them day in and day out. And and you wouldn't be wrong if you, if you just picked just the, the greatest highlights. The thing that I loved about the tar play, I went back and watched it again a bunch of times last night, is the wherewithal to know where he was at. Because he didn't necessarily know maybe there was a tarp right there, but he kind of you know elevated his body because you knew he was getting close to the edge. But there was a corner of the dugout, too, that he goes right by, that he just misses clipping. If he's maybe about a, a foot to the left, where the left side of his body would have hit a piece of that. And I'm sure you've broken down that play for years and years. And it's it's it, it just speaks to, again, his competitiveness, his wherewithal, and just everything that we've seen you know, out of the playbook for him defensively. Because he's one of the few players, I think, you you almost prefer his defensive abilities than his offensive ones. It, it goes like Ozzie Smith and then Nolan Arenado. When you think about great highlights, you you almost want to see his defensive plays first before you want to see what he does at the plate. Yeah, a couple other notes. Uh, I, I think my fourth choice would be just a compilation of, especially defensively, of plays because I don't know how many times over his career with the Rockies. You know, we, we had the, the phrase Nolan being Nolan and, you know, are you kidding me? Um, and sometimes it was just, yeah, ho-hum, where it wasn't any, it was anything but ho-hum. And it was, you know, diving, you know, to the line. It was going, you know, to his left. It was throwing from the seat of his pants. There were just so many. Um, he, it, it's interesting because whenever we talk about athleticism, we're always talking about run fast, jump high, of which Nolan does neither, right? Yet <laughs> right, his, right. Short, his short area quickness, his hand-eye coordination, his ability to field a baseball uh, is remarkable. And then throw from every angle 
on the clock with great power. I mean, it's not talked about a lot. I mean, Nolan's fielding ability has been celebrated for platinum gloves and, and maybe the greatest third baseman defensively we've ever seen. Um, but sometimes we forget this guy has a cannon, a cannon. Right. And he's, right. he's 99% of the time going to hit you in the chest um, from third base. So uh, that is lost, I think, um, periodically when we discuss his greatness defensively. So there was a, a concept we came up with here on the podcast a couple of years ago that I'm only now realizing probably came out of your evolution as a broadcaster during this time. Because for the first several years, it was, stop it. Are you kidding me? And, and yeah. you know, th those were the calls when Nolan would do stuff. By year five, he might go two or three steps into foul territory, throw across his body, get the guy by two steps, and your call would be, and Nolan doing what he does gets him again anyway, you know, and it was your non sell that would almost make it that much better. And, and I'm realizing now that that's probably how I ended up coming up with the Arenado meter, which was this idea that like there are some plays that would be the career best play for anybody else in the game. And Nolan might bust it out on a Thursday and we all go, all right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's just a thing. Doesn't make his top ten. Doesn't make his top twenty. Even though that might have been somebody else's best. So when we would run out the Arenado meter, we'd start grading him on this, and he'd do something great, and we'd be like, "That's five out of ten on the Arenado meter." People were like that was a great play. We were like, "I know," but there's only one ten out of ten. That's tarp catch. Right. I got two other nines for you if you recall these ones. The one where he gets the cutoff throw from cargo and left in the middle of the air, cuts it off throws it back to third base behind the guy to get the runner at third. I think that was year two. He maybe reinvented how to receive a cutoff throw from the outfield. What was that was amazing. That's that's you know, I I actually think this next phrase I'm gonna use, Drew and Patrick, is a tired phrase. However, it really applies to the play you're talking about. You know how now we always talk about, oh, he's got high basketball IQ. He's got high baseball IQ. He's got high, what, I mean, what the hell does that mean? I mean, I know what it means, but come on. No, <laughs> right. listen, he, he's a smart player. He understands the game, but we now go, he, he, he's a moron everywhere else, but he's got high football <laughs> IQ. <laughs> right. But right. guy that, can't complete an order at McDonald's. Right. Guy, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But that <laughs> one, that showed, and, there, and there's many other examples, the clock he had in his head, the understanding of where runners are and what they may attempt to do, trail runners. And that was, a, as you, I'm glad you made that, uh, pointed that one out, because it's a beautiful, beautiful example of not just great athleticism, because ultimately it was a very short throw, but just thinking, what is that trail runner doing? And uh, yeah, it turned out to be a, you know, a phenomenal play. The other one I wanted to mention, I want to get you in there on it, Patrick, because and actually two of them sprung to my head. This is going to keep happening, right? But uh, the and I've talked about this before. The time he fielded a bunt that ended up on the pitcher's side or the first base side of the pitcher's mound, fielded it barehand and threw back to second base to get the lead runner at course. I can't remember who that was against, uh, but I remember seeing that one coming with how hard he was charging the bunt right before. I was like, he's going to try to do this. Yeah. He's really going to try to do this, and then he did. 
That was um, that was in the last couple of years. I remember yeah. that, I remember that one very well. I can't tell you who it was against, but you just don't see that. You don't you don't see the third baseman field a bunt and get the force out at second. Doesn't happen. No matter yeah, I, what a guy's charge. Yeah. Yeah. The throw the the throw. You know when a, when a third baseman's coming in on a slow roller and has to throw across his body you have to throw it up the line a little bit because you're going to get a lot of run action so it's got to it's got to be semi down the right field line and it's going to bend back well when you're throwing a second base it is that much more across your body so to make that throw to have the guts to make that throw and to make it accurately the degree of difficulty is extremely high the two that I love is the one where he goes to his left and it looks like he caught the ball, but he really just knocks it down, bends over to pick it up, doesn't even regrip and throws, you know, almost a strike. It was about face high to Morneau. And it, it looked like it had to be at least a hundred miles an hour, barely gets the runner. And you're like anyone else. That's just, that's just E5. Great play on it. Probably gets a hit, but it's, Arenado makes that play a million times over and, and any barehanded, play he makes yeah on yeah. yeah you know I, I said this on the air a couple times over the year over the years and that is we know he has a gold glove but he also has a golden hand right <laughs> yeah right he, he fields a ball with his bare hand like most guys wish they could field it with leather yeah that, the i was trying to come up with the phrase bare hand luke anytime he has a bare hand but like you said he you know, he's got the gold glove. The other hand, still, everything he touches is gold. It's the hand of Midas. That, that could have been the phrase that worked. See, Patrick, I'm old enough to remember the great and late Paul Newman, one of my all-time favorite actors, in Cool Hand Luke. You, my friend, are not old enough, but the reference, I wish I was as clever and as witty as you, because that is a great reference. And usually when I tell people that, you know, we really just have a failure to communicate. And that's a shame from time to time. Amazing. Good, it's, good it, amazing that didn't catch on with our audience and that they yeah, didn't yeah. understand good, that. Good stuff. Uh, All right. Very, very quickly in the, in that, yep. in the uh, fight scene with Paul Newman in Cool Hand Luke, what actor was he getting his bleep kicked by? Oh, I, I, I don't know. If, if you give uh, me the initials. Uh, uh, the late George Kennedy. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Of uh, Naked Gun fame. It's a, right. that, it's a shame that's how people remember him out of them. Have I completely steered your train off course now on the podcast? Only because this is the third time this week we've had a George Kennedy reference. But other than that, <laughs> not for any other reason. Uh, oh, my mom was there in the comments just just late coming in after that. It's fantastic. Bar Barbara's joining us. What did Barbara yeah. say? Uh, she just had George Kennedy. She's not, she's, you know, loosely interested in the rest of this stuff. Right. We're speaking I, I, her language. I love now. your mom. She's way up to speed on uh, 60s and 70s film. It's ready to go. Uh, I assume you remember this one. Will popped in and I had forgotten about it until his rookie year against the Phillies. I think you're right about that. The pitcher made a slash bunt. Nolan's in guarding against the bunt. He's basically fielding the baseball as it's behind him. Frazier. I think that's George Frazier on the holy what did I just see call on that one. I, I've got his voice in my head going, the the baseball was behind him. I mean, it was, it, it, and he just flipped over and again from his butt throws a strike to first base. I talked to George for 45 minutes this morning, by the way. Um, 
Uh, tell them we miss them. Uh, uh, all right. I will. I, will. I, get, I do actually get that question a lot. Hey, do you ever talk to Frage anymore? I said, I talk to Frage like twice a week. So, <laughs> yeah. See, it's yeah. special for us, for you. It's like, <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he, he makes my day. He cracks me up. Um, I'll have to ask him about that play, though. I, I, you know, vaguely recall something along those lines, but I'll have to ask him about that. There was That's another it. one where Nolan did go into the stands on a ball. And it was it was a much higher pop up, so he had some time to camp underneath it. But you know, went into the stands, came out, and then you just see him kind of rubbing his back a little bit, like ah, I think the cup holder got me, you know, like ah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another play, and they're not necessarily these aren't you know increasements. Uh, uh, what is it, Arnautometer? What is it again? Yeah. That's right, um, you're on auto meter now. Yeah, this this isn't in the top 500 because we've seen them a bunch, but it's just funny how Nolan, the, one of the little idiosyncrasies of how he played defense is, you know, medium type of velocity off the bat, ground ball toward the, you know, shortstop or maybe the five and a half hole. He cuts it off and he's got plenty of time because it's not a slow roller. Um Plenty of time. And, you know, he t- he'd like run and you're thinking he still hasn't thrown it. He still hasn't thrown it. It would look like he's going to sprint to first and race the guy. And then he'd finally deliver it. And by the time he delivered, he was behind the pitcher's mound. But, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 I remember. Yeah. yeah. Like even those because any like bobbling the ball just a little bit and then he's boom, got the And you're like even uh, there somebody mentioned the sitting throw in San Francisco where you know even when he doesn't quite make the play and he knocks the ball down and then he just kind of comes up and fires from his butt it's like even when he doesn't make the perfect play he still came yeah. figures out these ways to yeah yeah absolutely okay. incredible there were many times I wanted to yell that was sick <laughs> right? oh man I like was, even, yeah. even similar to that where he's behind the mound is when he full extension to his left on a ball that, like you said, five and a half hole that the shortstop backhands and it's just a hit. You got no play. He goes and fires over and gets the lead runner on second base. And he, no, nobody else makes that play. He just makes plays that just become common as, as you guys are both saying, and it just becomes ho-hum. And, and for anyone else, it, it's truly a highlight. And I think that's one of the biggest things I'm going to miss is just one of those plays that, you know, whoever's, playing third base for the Rockies, or even if it's somebody on the other team, you just look and you go, Arenado makes that play really, really easily. And, and that's going to be a, it's going to be a hard thing for the next guy to, to fill his shoes is because it's, it's, it's not fair to be compared with the greatest of all time defensively at that position. And, you know, no, where we were lucky to have seen that. No, it's, it's like in, in my colleague, uh, you know, Joe Davis, a terrific young uh, announcer and he does, he does a marvelous job. I and mean, Joe, Joe Davis is great. Um, but you, you never want to be the guy and he's pulling it off, but you want to be the guy that comes after Ben Scully, right? Um, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the guy that, that replaced, you know, Babe Ruth in right field or, or Lou Gehrig at first. So, um, listen, it'll probably be, I'm guessing, um, educated guests. It'll be Ryan McMahon and Ryan McMahon's a, a, an intriguing guy in that I, he has star level ability. He had a disappointing 60 games. He was second on the club with nine home runs, but the strikeout rate way too high. Uh, and, and he'd be the first to tell you that. But athletic ability wise, if you're just talking about like who's a better athlete, Ryan McMahon's a much better athlete than Nolan. Um, I, we're not putting him anywhere in right. that class defensively, but he has the ability. 
big arm, great mobility, good hands. So, you know, we'll see how he fares over over third base, which is his natural position. Yeah, I think it I think there'll be a, um, you know, some growing pains I think for lack of a uh, better term for Rymac only because the last two seasons he's been at second base and first base. So he hasn't been getting those reps. That might be his natural position now, but he just hasn't had those opportunities. So he's definitely going to figure it out. And, and, and as you said, he was a quarterback in high school, again, mobility, you know, from, uh, from behind the center position, whereas Nolan, maybe a tight end in high school for talking about athleticism. More of a left tackle. <laughs> well, famously, and that's why, you know, earlier at the start of, of your guys' podcast today, we were talking about the prospects, right? And, and, and you know, what's going to happen with them and who, who are you excited about? You never know with prospects. You really never know. Uh, and I'll give you a great example. The guy we're talking about, the, the guy that's bummed everybody out because he's no longer a Rocky this week. Nolan, if you read some of the early scouting reports, when he was coming out of Orange County in high school, they were saying he's going to have to catch um, because he's not athletic enough to play short or th- certainly short. He's not athletic enough to play third. Um, they didn't like the body. He's going to have to go behind the plate in the tool that, you know, most people were excited about and why he was a second round pick. Remember that he's not a first round pick right. was the supplemental. Number one, he was second round pick was the bat. Well, we know the bat arrived and he became a, an elite uh, offensive player. He is an elite offensive player. But nobody forecasted him staying at third or becoming arguably the greatest defensive third baseman right. um, we've seen. So you never know with with young players. You right. never know. I do want to get into a couple more Nolan memories and then and look a little bit forward at some of these guys. I want to get your take a, a little bit on some of the Brendan Rodgers and, and Garrett Hampsons and these guys of the world who, who could, as I've dubbed them, the lost boys, who could be that next thing that makes people come into the new era of Colorado Rockies. And if you want to be really ready for it, because some of the best ways I'll tell you what, to understand some of these guys, you get educated, you get smart, and then you can go and learn about some of the information out there and one of the best places to get educated especially right now is msu denver online they got great classes for you from experts in the field who also work in the field and can get you hooked up with jobs and all kinds of cool stuff so make sure that you go to msudenver.edu online and use the promo code dnvr sports because they'll waive the application fee for you you can get yourself a fantastic online digital safe education right now from the experts in the field. And then you get yourself stocked up on some beef. You know we've been bringing you damn good beer with Breck Brew, and now we're bringing you damn good beef with Hassel Cattle Company, the leaders in Wagyu beef. And really it has, I'm not, this isn't on my ad read thing here. I'm, I'm telling you all now as just a person who bought a whole bunch of this stuff, it's totally changed. Uh, the way I'm buying beef from now on. I'm not going back to the grocery store. It's fantastic because it's hormone-free. They got free range. They're taking care of their beef. They're taking care of your body by not putting all that weird stuff in there. And they're taking care of your wallet by not charging you ridiculous exorbitant amounts. In fact, when you take care of, uh, take advantage of a lot of the deals they've got on there at hasslecattlecompany.com, you can end up spending less than you would 
at the grocery store. I highly, highly recommend it. My challenge remains open. I've had a lot of people tell me they've got the beef and they love it. One person tell me you ordered some and you were disappointed. Find me one person. Hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's going to happen. It's too delicious. Use the code DNVR10 for 10% off your order at HassleCattleCompany.com. H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. And if you order over 200 bucks, you get free shipping. Again, highly recommend. Drew, you do a heck of a job with sales, and I'm 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 going to hire you. I think because um, I'm going to try to move some uh, not only my podcast, but I'm going to try to move some uh, some uh, some books and T-shirts. Can you help me out later? I'm voice for hire. I said, well, we've talked before about starting a segment on the show where people just write something in for me to read. I have one gift: <laughs> the voice of eBay, Drew Christian. <laughs> <laughs> we will help you sell right. your stuff. That's the, I just missed my window. That's the problem. As I would have been much better for the previous era of advertising. We don't, or like the movie guy, like the movie that doesn't. When was the last time you watched a movie trailer and someone went, "In a world, one man, one dream." You know, we don't, that guy, like I could have had that job, but that there isn't that job anymore. So. I, I used to do for, uh, back in the nineties, I did the women's pro beach volleyball tour and I did some ski stuff and echo entertainment, uh, Hugh Arian, I'm giving a plug to it, to a guy based out of Southern California, great guy, old friend. I haven't worked with him a number of years, but, um, one of the things they did on the side were movie trailers. And I was always fascinated by it because editing those together so you're like on the edge of your seat i gotta go run out and go to the local theater to to watch those is, is an art form and and so uh i'm with you man i like i like movie trailers man we've got off topic at times today Patrick, put it back put the track put the train back up that <laughs> this is a challenge here i, I this, is, this is why i allowed drew doing do the reads man he's he can he can weave a web pretty easily uh, but but you know what? In the wake of, of Arenado's trade, there's there's still some great players left behind, and and as Drew kind of uh, our boy DC kind of alluded to, you know he's called them the Lost Boys because you know say what you will about you know the Rockies prospects and how they've drafted and whatever, but there's a group of players on this team right now that you know they've been in the, the league for a year or two, so they're not prospects and they're still far from veterans that if these guys can actually step up and play to the expectations that a lot of people think they can, you know, the Rockies uh, are going to be better sooner than a lot of people think. They're going to get an opportunity, Patrick. And, and I think a lot of times with guys who have talent, all they need is opportunity. That doesn't mean that every guy who, who has talent and gets an opportunity becomes, a, you know, a, an impactful player. But I'm really intrigued by Sam Hilliard. I know you guys are as well. I'm a big Garrett Hampson fan. And now, you know, Nolan's not there. We all know that. We're, everybody's suffering through that realization at, at whatever level um, this week. But somebody's got to play third base and somebody's going to move up in the lineup. And as opposed to this great player maybe blocking an everyday appearance by a Hampson or or you know, in, in indirect way, a Hilliard um, or Brendan Rogers, um, they're going to get their chance. And, and hopefully, hopefully all of them, you know, elevate their game. And, and we know that Hampson and Hilliard have now, you know, gotten their feet wet over the last couple of years. And we've seen some good, we've seen some bad, um, but now we're, where it's going to be sustained um, more often than not every day, 
we'll, we'll see if, if some of these guys can emerge. And that will be the exciting part of this next chapter as disappointing and as and hurting as everybody is in, in Rocky's nation right now. You got to you got to move forward, man, because it's now yesterday. You know, no one no one's a cardinal. That sucks. Right. But now what's going to happen moving forward? The one guy that I'm, I'm looking forward to see is Colton Welker, because, hey, Tulo goes next season. You get Trevor Story. Problems are completely alleviated. Arenado's gone. Well, what if Colton Welker is that guy that follows in the footsteps of Story, who people were overlooking and, and finally, you know, lives up to the to the hype that he's had on him for a few years in the minors. I, I know it's easy, and the Rockies are getting uh, you know beat up this week, and 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 sometimes with you know with reason. We understand that. And um, when you look historically at the Rockies, particularly with position players, they've done a good job. And not all of these guys that emerged as as star level players were first round picks. And we were talking about we've talked the whole show about Nolan. Nolan was not a first round pick. So when you talk about Colton Welker, Ryan Valade, um, we'll see with Rogers, who was a very high pick naturally. They historically, Charlie Blackman, second round pick. Guys that became, you know, in the case of Blackman, Arenado, superstars, right? Trevor Story, you know, was a, was a pretty high pick, but but nobody had him becoming Trevor Story. So the history, uh, particularly on that side of the ball, for Billy Schmidt and his crew is is pretty good. And yeah. so who's that next guy? Or maybe that next couple of guys that a year from now, or maybe even in the midst of this year, we're looking and going, holy smokes, this guy's pretty darn good. This guy's this guy's taking a you know a quantum leap forward. And and hopefully, you know, when when the three of us during the season are, are gathering after a Tuesday night ball game, we're going, shoot, this dude's good. So one of those dudes that I think could be doing that, that really would have the whole world going, what, how did we all miss this? Patrick's been chronicling, chronicling him from the beginning, uh, had a, a season this last year that made people go, oh, I think, and is also now in a weird spot. I believe there may be some relation to the ball player who just left the team. I can't recall if that's true or not, but what is your take on what this young man, Josh Fuentes, because it just seems like it's such this weird combination of, you know, again, you've been around the game forever. There's this like pedigree and talent. And usually to some degree, those things match up. And Josh Fuentes has zero pedigree and is showing us just an extraordinary amount of talent and drive. And I don't know. I, I think the sky could be the limit for this kid. Well, what I would say to answer your question, Drew, and I'm going to be you know brutally honest here, two years ago, you know, a year and a half ago, the end of 2019 when he came up and he had a, a great year. I think that was his MVP year in, in, in the Pacific Coast League. He came up and I was underwhelmed. He was overmatched. And, and again, if he was sitting here on this podcast with, with us, he'd probably say, yeah, I was overmatched in that September. A lot of strikeouts, you know, hard to find a barrel. Ne- the next year is 2020, shortened season. We understand that finding a lot of barrels, was a wizard at first base. I mean, he played a plus defensive first base, really good hands. And it got me thinking about him as the season, maybe with only two months, but as it progressed, he's one of those guys that, first of all, he's like his cousin. He's a, he's a baseball player. He's a dirtbag. And he's also one of those athletes 
that you never bet against because you say, okay, is he a sexy looking guy physically? Not really. Is he a sexy looking guy athletically? No. Is he, you know, got this, that, or the other thing that we always associate with greatness? Maybe not. But to, to Drew's point, every time he just keeps getting better and better and maybe just let him play and see what he becomes. Because when you look at everything, you go, okay, he, he's, he's a little better than I thought. And maybe he's a, you know, a, a bench guy in the big leagues. And then, you know, maybe going forward, he's more than that. And maybe he takes it another step or two and, and he's a 20 plus home run guy and he's a higher average guy than you thought. So I'm never going to, you know, sell what I've seen so far uh, of Josh Fuentes short because he has great desire, great want to. And uh, for those reasons, let's, let's just watch this kid and, and, and let him play and see how it all looks going forward. He's had to prove himself at, at every level. I mean, was, was a junior college guy went to Missouri Baptist University in St. Louis. So he's got some experience uh, with, with fans out there. And we know, and we know, Patrick, I mean, there's a long line of great, great players that have come out of Missouri Baptist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drew, Drew will um, enlighten all of us to that list. Go ahead there. George Kennedy, of course, as well, you know. Very good ball player. Tom Brady. But, came but, with, but with Fuentes, when I, when I got to know him in, in 2018, he had a really good season at AA in Hartford. 2018, got to see a lot of him in, in Albuquerque. He went down there about four different trips. And every time he just kept getting better and better. And, you know, I, I talked to a different guy after every game, except Fuentes. I had to talk to him after every game. Very quotable of a guy. Um, and I, you know, his defense was remarkable over at third base. And he had even yet to really start playing first base. He just had this athleticism and this, um, you know, just ability to sense where the ball's going a lot like his cousin. And, and I asked him, I said, all right, you know, if you, if you both had to be on the left side of the infield, who's moving the shortstop? You know, who's, who's playing third base. And I would have, I would have guessed he would have said, yeah, I can play shortstop, but no, he, he said, nah, you know, no one can go play short on the third baseman of the family. And he's got that kind of confidence and he's been proving it ever since. Right. He does have that confidence. And, and it's, um, you know, there's some guys that, that are confident and, and you think there's arrogance. There's not. He's a sweetheart of a kid and yeah. he's a really outgoing kid. I mean, quite honestly, he's more and I love Nolan, but he's more outgoing than Nolan. He's more approachable, um, you know, than, than Nolan for, for most people. And again, I, I, you just don't ever want to sell a player with his makeup and his intangibles Short and you're right, Patrick. Thanks for the for the subtle correction. In 2018, he was the PCL Player of the Year MVP. Didn't get called up that September, which yeah. was more fuel in the tank for him. And in 2019, he did finally arrive in the big leagues. And uh, you know, it, it, I, I thought he was overmatched. And in last year, you go, whoa, hold on a second. We've seen some nice things from him. So let, let's watch him play in 2021 and, and see where it goes. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a let's see where these guys go type of season. Right? Like that, That's the one thing that, and even before I knew this was going to go down with Nolan, when I wrote about the Lost Boys, I, I was just trying to say, like, look, man, 
people out there can roll their eyes because they haven't seen what they wanted to out of these guys yet so far. And and Kervin, no one in the world needs to tell me not to overlook Rhyme Altapia. I will tell you what, I have I have been a Rhyme Altapia fan, and I will use that word fan since 2013. Happy I, birthday, Rhyme Al. Today's his day. Am, is that right? Yeah, 27. You know, yeah. he's, he's another guy um, for me, and he he was he had a nice year in, in 2020 and kind of took over that top spot in the lineup, which was a revolving door for a while. Yeah. You know, a lot of singles. There wasn't, a, there wasn't you know, a lot of extra base hit in him, even though, you know, he's, he's physically gotten so much stronger than he was when he first uh, arrived as a kid from Latin America. He's a very hard worker. I think he was a below-average outfielder. Um, I, I think he's improved. Uh, he, he has to hit cutoff, man. I think that's improved. It certainly is the year wore on. Um, base running sometimes left something to be desired. But he makes progress, and he's another guy that let him let him play because it may keep getting better. Maybe, you know, we still see the high on base percentage, you know, a few more walks, and, and maybe because of that strength, we start to see the ball in the gap a little bit more and occasionally over the wall. So it may it, sometimes players don't arrive in the time frame that we'd like them. Scouts may project, oh, this will be the year. Like I thought last year was going to be the year for Ryan McMahon. It wasn't. We were we were all on that boat. I Everybody think. was. Yeah. I, I, spring training, he was shorter to the baseball. He'd gotten rid of the the Nike swoosh because anything above ninety two, he struggled to 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 catch up to in twenty nineteen and twenty eighteen. But I watched him in spring training. He put a lot of work in. It didn't play out in the in the truncated season, but maybe it does in 2021. Maybe Rymel Tapia makes another nice stride in 2021. And, and that's the beauty of the sport. It's the beauty of athletics in that we don't know until we we see what what goes forward um, with these guys. But you're talking about some highly motivated guys in Rymel Tapia, in Josh Fuentes, in, in Ryan McMahon. Yeah, I, I think those Hill, guys. Are gonna, Hill, we mentioned it earlier, fellas. Hampson, Hilliard, Hilliard in that in that group too. I mean, great work ethic guys, high character guys, guys that it's really important to. They are far from content because they've gotten to the major leagues. They they want to be big time players. And you know, to a, to a lesser extent, extent guys we didn't see last year, but we did in twenty nineteen. Jonathan Daza, Dom Nunez, again. They might not have done it in that 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 timeline that you would want them to, but they're going to have that opportunity, and and very well could be the players the Rockies have uh, long thought they would be. That's fair. I mean, Dom Nunez we saw briefly a couple of years ago, and he has an opportunity now. He has an opportunity. You know, Tony yeah. Walters is is not you know with the Rockies any longer. You know, Diaz we 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 saw the bat um, have some impact late last year. He hit the only two home runs. For the catchers uh, with the Rockies, the Rockies have to have to get more production behind the plate. We understand their number one thing with a catcher is always handling a pitching staff. It's the number one defensive position in the sport. But the Rockies have to get more offensively. It can't be an out at the at the bottom of the lineup. And and Dom Nunez is is has been a professional now for a while, and he's going to have an opportunity. Yeah, that's. 
And that's, you know, maybe as we, I think we're now ready to move into the next stage of this whole thing, which is looking forward and where I do get to start telling people that's what I'm most excited about for watching Rockies games this year is it's always been one of my favorite things in baseball is I want to see what you got. That's basically what we're saying here, right? Let's see what they got. I want to see what these young men have gotten. And there's been a lot of back and forth. Can they some opportunity, but then the star comes back from being hurt or whatever. So Tapia goes to the bench or, or whomever. And now it's just, we're going to see what a lot of these guys have and, some of them will pleasantly surprise the world. That right. And, and listen, there's going to be disappointments. There's going to be, hey, sure. this guy never panned out. We've seen a lot of that. Jeff, I'm not trying to pile on Jeff Hoffman. Jeff Hoffman never panned out. When the Rockies famously traded Ubaldo, he meant as they got the two top pitching prospects in the Indians organization, uh, Drew Pomerantz and Alex White. Now, Drew Pomerantz is still pitching in the big leagues. He's an effective bullpen piece, but he never became that guy as a starter. You know, he was where he was drafted in the projections. People saw him pitching near the top of a rotation for a long period of time. Never happened. Alex White never happened. Injuries been out of baseball for for a couple of years. So there are disappointments. There's probably more disappointments than 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 good stories where, where guys emerge. However, I find it as satisfying um, and gratifying to watch the established star as it is, or excuse me, to watch the rising star as it is to watch the established star. I mean, how much fun was it watching the opening week of Trevor Story's career a few years ago and now watching where Trevor has moved to in the hierarchy of, of not just shortstops, but great players in the game. And so who's that next guy? Because we can't change what happened yesterday. Nolan Arenado, even though it, it, it's going to sicken people, Nolan Arenado's a, a cardinal now. Can't change that. Let's move forward and say, okay, where, where are we today? And, yeah, we're not as good as a club as we were yesterday, but who's going to step forward? Who's going to grab hold of an opportunity and become an impactful player? And and that'll be the, the fun part, hopefully, of, of 2021 and, and seeing – you know, and, and hopefully there, there are multiple answers to that question. And whose season will they spoil? The Dodgers or the Padres? Because they'll have an opportunity to be big factors in the NLS this season for sure. Yep. Well, when you, whenever you play, a, you know, everybody 19 times inside your division, yeah, you're, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have chances to, uh, to upset the apple cart. I remember something John Gray told me, uh, before he had made his debut, but I can't remember the exact time. I can't place it, but I was talking to him about Raimel Tapia and he was saying, you know, he's not the guy who's going to hit the big monster home run on you, make you feel like just an idiot for having made a mistake. But he's like, but he will just foul off. And, and, and then he goes, he's the most irritating guy to pitch to. And I just kind of think like that can be these Rockies next year. They can be the most irritating team in baseball to play because you show up and they're they're looking at the lineup and the other pitchers going, I can get all these guys out, but then Toppy is putting together on that bat. Hampson's doing a thing. Maybe you do make a mistake and Hilliard hits one 500 feet. And then all of a sudden you're going, I didn't realize these guys could do this to me. Like, I think there's a, this team can be that concept. Well, well, clearly Drew, as you guys well know, and all good Rockies fans well know, the offense the last couple of years has been the Achilles heel, which people would never say, right? With the Rockies playing at Coors Field, oh, the offense is always going to be there. The offense w was not good um, the last uh, couple of years. Hey, quite frankly, in 2018, when the chips were down, the offense was not good. 
I mean, they right. scored two runs in the against Milwaukee and got and got swept. And they have to collectively significantly lower their strikeout rate. I know we live in an era of the home run, the strikeout, and the walk. The Rockies, especially playing at 20th and Blake, have to get the ball in play. And you, you reminded me of it because you talked about Tapia. And though it's unorthodox at times, Tapia has great hand-eye coordination, does foul off a lot of pitchers. Remember, I mean, we saw several 10-plus pitch at bats that ended up with a, you know, a hard single between short and third. And um, the Rockies, I'm not saying Garrett Hampson's not going to strike out and Hilliard's not going to strike out McMahon. It can't be in the 35-36% range. They have to shave 10% off that. Easier said than done, but the Rockies have to get the ball in play more than they did collectively the last couple of years. And then, as you talked about, and and we we do got to wrap it up here, but it is funny. We've had this big, whole long conversation today, and I don't think we've talked about any pitchers because it hasn't been the topic. But those are the guys. Look, it, it remains the case that, Armand Marquez, Kyle Freeland, John Gray, and Antonio Senzatella can keep this team in ball games. And interesting stuff can happen. You need some help there. A lot of questions with Castellani and Rollison. And I'm throwing a, a big topic at you as we sign off here, Goody. But that really is the heart and soul uh, and power of this team. Yeah, who would have who would have ever thought that historically with the Rockies? You know, and, and throw Gomber in there, you know, who they picked up from St. Louis. I mean, Gomber is going to be right in the mix for that fifth spot in the rotation. Um, and or, uh, you know, a spot in the bullpen, but they want him to compete for that fifth spot in the rotation. The strength of this team right now is their rotation. And and here, hear me on this one, and I think you guys will concur, even if Nolan was still a Rocky, the strength of this club going into 2021 would be that rotation. There are a number of teams that would gladly trade their rotation for the Rockies, led by Herman Marcus, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Sensatella, who made a, a, a significant leap last year, and hopefully a healthy John Gray. It's a nice quartet. I'm not. I'm not saying it's as good as maybe San Diego or the Dodgers roll out, but it's pretty good. And you know, now we'll find out who else can contribute um, down there. And you know, we talked about the offense. Uh, having to be better. But right now, the strength of this club going into 2021 is the guys that will take the baseball to start ballgames. Yeah, always be something interesting to watch that there for. And you know where you can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet. And you'll you'll hear Mr. Drew Goodman right there with his many partners, all of whom we love. Huey got shout outs today. You know, we love Jenny and Spilly and Sully and, and, and everybody down there and all the incredibly hardworking people behind the scenes who, uh, you know, uh, ne- never seem to, you never seems like there's enough time in the day to give those people all. No, the, I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because they, they are numerous and, and, you know, people see the, the stooges who are in front of the camera. We're all stooges other than Jenny. Jenny's not a stooge, um, but uh, you know, Mark Stout and, and everybody, but there are so many people behind the scenes that um, you know, dozens of people that that bust their butt and and do an incredible job and i always say this that we're very fortunate in this region um to to have some of the best people in the business technically working on the on our regional broadcast and i think one of the reasons there's multiple reasons but one of the reasons is we live in such a beautiful place so there are there are people who work nationally 
um, on a regular basis because they're recognized as the best in their field, but they're also um, working with us on, on Rocky's broadcast. So uh, we're, we're really fortunate in that regard. I'm glad you mentioned that, Drew. I'm missing, I'm missing Doug Marino around the ballpark because he's a human encyclopedia. He, he knows everything about baseball. And if he doesn't, give him three minutes and he'll find the answer. <laughs> Doug knows, Doug knows um, he knows a lot about a lot of things. But um, the, the, at the top of the chart is baseball. And uh, he loves like the Federalist League. He can, as you know, anytime Doug can hand me a note that works in like High Pockets Kelly or somebody who played in 1882, Chicago Whalers, like the greatest day of his life. And uh, he he also knows he's forgotten more music than uh, than most of us will ever know. Yeah, just like like Patrick said, uh, a walking encyclopedia. And you, you got to appreciate whoever's got the very difficult job of. Uh, finding and framing those beautiful Colorado sunsets that we always get on AT&T Sportsnet. <laughs> well, we, we got a lot of great Tough job. Yeah, a lot, lot of great, a lot of great uh, Ryan Morrison, great cameraman, Charlie Felix, All great right. cameraman, and, uh, and, and a lot of other guys So and women. So we, uh, we appreciate that shout out, man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, you got to be listening to the Drew Goodman podcast. You don't want to miss any of that stuff, as he said in depth with Jeff Houston this week. Always great guests on that show. You you don't want to miss it. Make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast app you're using to probably listen to this show right now. You can just go right on over there, type in Drew Goodman podcast. It'll come up, sub to that thing. It's great content. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, thanks for that plug. You guys, uh, you know, I'm thrilled to be with you guys every week and we're going to continue this, I know, through the season and, and beyond. And it's fine because you guys do a great job and you you have the pulse of the club because you're around the club every day, but you're fair. And um, as I said to you, I think last week on one of the other shows, I, uh, you know, doing it every single day is, is yeoman work. And um, this week you were provided with probably more more material than you have wanted right now, any of us. Um, but uh, my hat's off to you guys for uh, for what you guys produce on a daily basis. Thank you, Goody. Remember a week and a half ago, and like slow off season, man. I really wish something would just happen. <laughs> I think I was talking to Patrick one day on the phone a few weeks back, and um, I was like, you know, what do you got today, man? It's like <laughs> I mean, the whole industry. It's Streets to a halt. It wasn't just like right. rocky stuff. I mean, what right. were we going to talk about? By the way, we got to get into, um, and I, I know you guys have covered this, but I, I have some takes, and, and we're out of time today. But on on this whole impasse with the players' association and mm. the owners, and the overall look for baseball, and looking ahead to the CBA and beyond, there, there's a lot of material there, and I have. Um, I'm not going to do it now, but, you know, if we can get into it next week, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. Yeah, I know you do that with Houston uh, uh, on the episode today. And he's yeah. got, again, great, you know, perspective because he's he's been involved in, in, in those player strikes, you know, or he's he's been around for that um, during his time as a 12-year vet. So it's some great right. insight on the episode today. Yeah, and, and, and Jeff also was a player rep. So, I mean, he and he sees both sides of it. And, and can really and does articulate some interesting um, observations about where we are um, as we embark on 2021 and, and the continued, you know, antipathy between these uh, two sides. So, it, you know, we talk about that in addition, obviously, to to Nolan this week on the podcast. Um. Well, the only way to make sure that you don't miss out on any of that stuff is to do all the things you know you got to do. As I said, follow the Drew Goodman podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to this one. Follow everyone on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, 
at Drew Goodman 42, and of course, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Then when you subscribe to the DNVR.com, you get access to all of our written content for all of the sports. Plus, you get discounts on hats, shirts, and masks. You get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar for one of our watch parties, again, at safe capacity right now. And you get to come and hang out with us in the private chat. So if you've got ideas for topics you want to hear Drew Goodman get up on his soapbox about in the future, let us know right there in the chat. Come hang out with us in the YouTube. Subscribe there. All those things, that way you make sure you never miss it. But yeah, I think it sounds like we've got ourselves a a good topic for next week as well. Remember, we're going to be doing these regularly. The only way you make sure you don't miss them is to subscribe to the DNVR Rockies YouTube channel. Until- I can't. I can't wait until we uh, we can have a um, not even a socially distanced uh, a, a proper cold one over at uh, at the DNVR man after one right. of these podcasts. It'll be fun. Oh, that is that is a a life goal to be reached. Hopefully sooner rather than later to to be down there and doing the thing because talking baseball over a cold one uh, in real life. <laughs> as much as we love our partners over at Zoom Care and we love them, and that's great for the doctor's office. Uh, baseball and talking baseball better amongst the community. And that's why we're so glad to have everyone here involved and, and to have Drew Goodman now as a, as a part of our community, man, we really do appreciate that. So well, I, you. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate uh, you guys having me on and uh, it, it's a fun new uh, alliance. So I'm psyched for it. Right on. Well, make sure everyone out there, you continue to be absolutely awesome baseball fans. We promise you, we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons, Drew Creaseman and Drew Goodman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Well, we hope despite everything going on, that show managed to put a smile on your face. And hey, if you want your smile to be the best it absolutely can be, you know to head over to our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group, the best in the biz, providing such wonderful dental coverage for all of our fans, all of you Colorado Rockies fans just like you out there in Lakewood. They'll take care of you. They'll make you feel comfortable at the dentist just a few miles outside of downtown Denver. And right now, If you or anyone you know needs a job, Green Mountain Dental Group is looking for experienced office manager bookkeeper. This is a salaried position with great benefits. The office manager's role is to organize and coordinate administrative duties and office procedures. The job requires 10 years of office manager experience. Other duties include preparing payroll, monthly financials, experience with a variety of office software, ordering dental supplies, handling marketing and advertising, supervising staff, etc., This team is an incredible group of people to work with, so please call them today if you or anyone you know is interested. Call 303-988-0711 or head to the website at greenmountaindentalgroup.com for further information.